Hey everybody, it's Tara Bryan and you are listening to Course Building Secrets Podcast. Whether you're a coach or a CEO, the success of your team and clients is based on your ability to deliver a consistent experience and guide them on the fastest path to results. This podcast will give you practical, real-life tips that you can use today to build your online experiences that get results and create raving fans. Why? So you can monetize your expertise and serve more people without adding more time or team to your business. If you're looking to uncover your million-dollar framework, package it and use it to scale, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Building Secrets show. I am so thrilled today to have James Melinchek here with us, the founder of Big Speaker, BigMoneySpeaker.com. And um, James, welcome to the show. So excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, and um, and what you're up to these days. Yeah, well, first, there, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I don't take it lightly anytime we get the Get, you know, give somebody some info on their time during their precious time. It's an honor. So thanks for having me for your great folks. You bet. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I never planned on doing this course stuff, expert stuff, speaking stuff, book stuff. I mean, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> you know, there weren't like great shows like yours around when I was starting to like teach me stuff like this. So um, how I got started was I did very well. I played college basketball and then I did very well as a financial consultant, I had a successful career and uh, won some awards my first year. Uh, I worked for a major Wall Street investment firm and uh, my phone rang one day and it was a guy and he said, hey, my son uh, works with you. And he said that, man, you're just like blazing it, setting things on fire and you're a young guy. I want you to come and speak for my employees. I said, well, I, I don't speak. Like, I, I'm a financial advisor. I don't even know what you're talking about, speak, right? And he said, well, look, just can't you just come and speak in like 40 minutes and tell them how you built your business? And I said, but I don't speak. Thank you, but I don't do that. I don't speak. And he said, and I'll pay you $5,000. I said, I speak. I speak. I speak. <laughs> mama didn't raise no fool. Someone's going to pay you to speak. You shut up and take it. Right, right. <laughs> And that's literally uh, how I got started. And I, I did that talk and was horrible. On a scale of one to 10, I literally thought I was like a negative three or four. And he came up to me after and said, boy, that was great. And I'm like, who, who are you watching? <laughs> you were watching me. You were watching somebody else. And he said, uh, man, I have two other um, like divisions. Could I have you go and speak to them as well? And I'll pay the $5,000 for each one. Is that okay? I'm like, what? So that's literally how I got into this thing. I had no idea that this whole experts space speaking, whatever, all the stuff combined into like the experts space, if you will, existed. I didn't know what it was, but mom, mom taught me well. She said, son, you don't need to get hit by a two by four twice in the face to catch the message. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what do you think it was? Like, do you think that he just saw something in you? Did you have some sort of system that you were, you know, implementing or what was it that, that made him so confident that he wanted you to speak? Well, back then I had like no system. I had nothing. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what a system was. <laughs> I just did really well. My first year I opened up like 200 accounts my first year and uh, worldwide won most outstanding performance and number one, a new account opening. And so um, I think he thought that whatever I did, that I could share that with his people, primarily his sales reps, and maybe it would um, give them ideas to help build their business. I think that's literally what it was, you know, starting out. If I would have went back and asked him, hey, why did you actually bring me in to speak? Uh, he would have probably said, well, you, you went out in the first year and just did this amazing stuff. And hopefully you would be able to inspire my folks and then maybe give them some tips and strategies where they could, you know, do similar things. I think that's what it was. And by the way, that's the whole expert space. Mm -hmm. I always say nine words that will make you wealthier than anything else. Do something, package it, teach it, and sell it. Ah, nice. <laughs> right up that. your alley, right up your yeah, alley. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Well, I know that yeah. now. I say that yeah. now, but I didn't know that back then starting. 
Right. Right. Yeah. And I love that, that somebody believed in you and gave you that little spark to get started. And, and that, that literally is what started your career doing this, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it did. That, that man, uh, I'll always be grateful. Um, but you know, Tara, have you ever done something really stupid in your life? <laughs> no, no, right? Like everything's perfect for you, right? So I did something really stupid after that third talk, right? Sharing my expert information, if you will, back then that I didn't know I was an expert on. Um, I did something really stupid. I was like, oh my gosh, three talks, eh, roughly about an hour of my time, maybe 90 minutes with driving time. And I got paid $15,000, 5000 each. This is unbelievable. I'm going to go quit my job. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> well, long story short, uh, guess what? I realized something that the uh, speaking expert money fairy didn't keep dropping checks out of the air to me. <laughs> and I literally blew through my life savings uh, like in about six months. And I became so broke that I was forced to work in a video store. Well, anybody younger doesn't know what a video store. I forgot. I got to explain what a video store is. <laughs> but I was forced to work in a video store and I made seven bucks an hour. And I ate tons of top ramen noodles. I ate tons of my, my favorite. I joke now, but I was very serious back then. My favorite thing was my Costco card from mom and dad because mm -hmm. I, I couldn't afford like the $50 membership fee. But I would go there and I'd get these big bags of pasta right? Because you get the big bags for cheaper. And then I would get these big bottles of spaghetti, these big tubs of spaghetti sauce. And I would dilute the sauce with water because guess what? That makes it last longer, right? Yeah. And Tara, I ate Top Ramen noodles and pasta noodles diluted with water with the spaghetti sauce for over three years while I made seven bucks an hour working in the store because I didn't understand that it's a business, Mm -hmm. If I was looking back and like, what was the mistake I made? You know, I just, you know, I was living in a fantasy land, like, oh, these checks just fly out of the air. This is easy. People just call you up and buy your stuff or book you to speak or oh, people just go online magically and buy your course and stuff. I didn't know any of that back then. And yeah, I, I was so broke. I remember those days like it was yesterday. And uh, I think it's part of my, somebody asked me this not too long ago. I was out with a friend. I'm, I'm here in Las Vegas and, uh, friend of mine is a big executive for one of the NFL football teams. They just had the pro bowl here and I was out to dinner with her and she's like, man, you've been so like accomplished in this space. Like, why do you, wh what's the drive to keep going? And I said, top ramen noodles. I said, I never <laughs> forget. I ate top ramen noodles and I don't ever want to go back there. Mm -hmm. so that's, mm -hmm. that's my drive. That's my motivator. <laughs> yeah, I, I always awesome. remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that first it took spark and it took the belief yeah. And then you had to actually build the business around it, right? I think that's such an important lesson because that's what sort of happens, right? You have a little bit of success and then you're like, okay, I'm good. Let's let's keep going. And and that's not necessarily the reality until you figure out how to get the machine running. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, nowadays, let's fast forward all these years later, you know, I teach people how to do take their expertise and put into speaking. And it's the reason my logo is a coin. Because I always say this, I say on the front, you have two sides to the speaking coin. And I'll, I'll say it for the expert space, right? Packaging your time, knowledge, experience, and expertise. You have two sides of it. On the one side, you have your message, your information, your stories, your tactics, your tips, your strategies, your uh, trying to make a difference in the lives of people, trying to make the planet a better place, leaving a legacy. You have all of that, right? And unfortunately, I think... Most people stop right there and think that's good enough. Mm -hmm. And so the reason my logo became a coin is because I always talked about for years, you know, there's a flip side to the coin. Yeah. And the flip side of the coin is this thing we call the business. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, how do you how do you get customers, clients? How do you get them to buy again and again, refer others? How do you upsell, downsell, cross sell? How do you language things the right way on a web page if you're doing an uh, online course uh, to get them to convert? Or if you're on a webinar or if you're speaking from the stage live in person, how do you language and communicate the value and the benefits so people see that and move forward with you? You know, that's all the business stuff. And that's, that's why I say my, my logo is a coin because there's a flip side to the coin.
Yeah. So I love this. You don't know this. <laughs> we didn't talk about this, but um, I talk about the same thing. You, it's funny oh, wow. that yours is a coin because I have three children along with being a business owner. So mine is called a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, you have to have the peanut butter and the jelly, which is the technical and the sales and marketing part of the business, right? In order to work. So that's really funny. I like the coin better from a business perspective, but I talk about it like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So there you go. There's another I analogy. That. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, can I give everybody uh, listening a tip? If you want to, if you want to convert, and I've, I've done over $50 million in core sales and coaching sales and over my, my career. And so I teach a lot of people how to do that, you know, how to like, structure presentations if you will to get folks to see the value you don't come across slimy and they they don't feel sold but they want to take the next step and one of the things i always have to teach is if you want to convert more people because i I come from a brain-based learning and a neuroscience uh, research background of how we buy and one of the things you always have to do is you have to do exactly what you just did exactly what i just did you have to teach get in a habit of teaching and analogies Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that that makes the brain go, oh, I understand it. And right. there, and if, if people don't understand how you're communicating about your great work, your course, whatever that might be, you know, a book, online course, then they will resist and they will move away from you because you're not speaking the way the brain wants to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you do analogies, what it does is it creates what's called a sense of accomplishment inside the subconscious mind, where the subconscious goes, oh, I get it. I get what Tara is saying. And now automatically on a subconscious level, they start to attract to you and attract to your courses, your work, because, oh, if I got that, I could feel safe and trusted if I move forward with this purchase that I'm going to get the same result and feeling. So there's a little tip for all your listeners. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's super powerful. And I think that the other piece of that is really thinking about the analogy that's going to work for that learner or that the person who's purchasing. Because the other thing is, is that if you do it from your expertise or your sort of technical, um, you know, acumen, then what happens is that you may lose them, right? So getting getting in into where they are in that, in their journey too is important. Yeah, so um, if I could piggyback on that, a couple of things. One, don't get sucked into your own curse of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, as we get more knowledge, we start to raise higher in where we are and we start to speak to people from there. And we don't yeah. realize that they're not where we are with this knowledge yeah. on this topic. So I always say, don't speak from where you are with the curse of knowledge. You have to speak customer. You have to think where your customer's at. Remember, you, you and I, we were all there at one point. We're just a little higher now. But you have to speak to where they are at, not where you are at with the information. Okay. Right. So right. very important because a lot of folks, you know, you'll see folks speaking, trying to uh, communicate on a, a web page or communicate verbally. Uh, and there's, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, what the heck is he talking about? I have yeah. no clue. <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah. So always remember to speak customer from where they are, not from where you are. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And then you ascend them to where you are, right? When you're teaching them and you're helping them get, be successful and get the results. Cause then you can geek out with them and have, you know, be up, have them be up here, but you can't start there because they're not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Remember repetition is the mother of skill. The more someone goes through your great work, your great course, the more they'll get it. And they should be going through it. I mean, 10, I have people that go through my stuff 30, 40 times. You're like the same course. I'm like, yeah, because every time they come back, their mind is at a different level and they pick up all the stuff they missed at the previous level at the previous time. And then when they come back again, and I'm, you and I, we're the same way. We, we read a book three times and we found new stuff in it. The second and third time we missed the first time. Right. <laughs> no, right. it was already there. We just yeah. didn't see it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Awareness is, is different. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to keep digging in with you about these different concepts because I think it's so powerful and it's so very, very true as we're, you know, trying to monetize our expertise and really be able to not only help and make a bigger impact with people, but also obviously, you know, be successful from a sales and marketing standpoint and get, get those people in our world so we can help them. Absolutely. Um, so 
you've already talked a little bit about your business and, and where you are. Can you help us understand? So you started, started doing speaking, right? That's your, that's kind of your core business is, is by, by accident. <laughs> by accident. So you're teaching other people how to become speakers or how to make money from speaking. And so in, but in your business model, you're doing more than just speaking. So can you just talk a little bit about how you've structured your business, how you went from sort of speaking to um, actually packaging and, and monetizing some of your message outside of just speaking? Oh yeah, for sure. So um, after I, I became really good at speaking. Now, when I say good at speaking, I don't mean delivering a message. I'm not a great presenter, but I became phenomenal at what I call the only thing that actually matters when it comes to speaking, right? You can get rid of everything else. If you got rid of everything else and you, and you just did this, I have no doubt you would be successful. Anybody would be, whether it's speaking virtually or speaking you know, live in person. I'm here in Las Vegas. I spoke for 1,200 people the other day at a convention here in Las Vegas. Okay, that's in-person speaking. And here it is. You got to go for eight balls. And here's what I mean. Tara, if you and I were shooting a game of pool and we're playing a game of eight ball, okay, I could knock in, let's say I'm stripes and you're solids. I could knock in all the balls on the table, but if I don't knock in the eight ball and you do, you win, I lose. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the game. Took me a long time to understand that. I couldn't figure out why I was never winning. I had Jack Campbell, co-creator of Chicken Soup of the Soul. I've coached Jack for years. He was here at my house. I have a game room. We're playing pool. And I, I couldn't understand, like, how the heck can I not beat him? How can I not? Be he beats me every single game. It's not like he, he's, you know, great, but he went. And then I finally figured it out. Oh, he's setting up every shot to knock in the eight ball. I'm just randomly shooting ball at balls all over the table. So what this means for you for speaking is you got to get to eight balls. That's the most important part of the speaking game. And the eight balls, meaning you have to get to the people who control the budgets and decide who's going to speak for an event. And you got to give them to pick you. Everything else is smoke and mirrors. None of it matters. People want to sell you on branding and all that. It's nonsense. You know what you need? AIC, ass in chair and contact coordinators <laughs> and ask them to book you and share your value. So here I was broke in that video store making seven bucks an hour. And that was my V8 moment. Like, oh, I could have had a V8, right? Like whacking inside of the head. Like, wait a minute, I have a message. Uh, coordinators have the money. Because I remember an old line by Zig Ziglar, I read in a book one time. Zig, when he was selling pots and pans, a great motivational speaker, his motto was, I have your pots and pans. You have my money. I'm here to make the switch. And I always thought that was funny, right? You know, deliver, show you the value for the pots and pans, and then you get compensated for it. So that's what I did with speaking. Wait, coordinators have the budgets. I have a message. I need to make the switch. And the only way I make the switch is about to contact them. So I started out by doing two hours a day, Monday through Thursday, sitting my butt in the chair, contacting coordinators. And a funny thing happened at the end of the year. I looked at my, my data. I booked 40 paid talks from zero to 40. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That could be the ticket. What if I sat down Monday through Thursday and I still take Friday, Saturday, Sunday off and relax? And what if instead of two hours a day, I do five hours a day of reaching out? Well, guess what, Tara? Next year, I booked over 100 paid talks. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started the whole speaking. And then somebody walked up to me one time at an event, said, man, I really love that talk. You have that in a book. I'm like, no, like I didn't know anything about doing a book. Matter of fact, I never in high school and college, never even read a book. <laughs> I let alone write a book. <laughs> but I, uh, I started to take my talk and literally now I'm going to date myself. I sat there with a cassette tape recorder mm -hmm. And with a typewriter, not a computer, yep. a typewriter. Yep. <laughs> and I literally sat there and I would press play and I would type out what I said. I'd press stop and keep typing. Then I'd do it again and again. You know, over a course of a few weeks, I literally transcribed my entire talk. There were no services like, or, like there are today. Mm -hmm. And then I started polishing it up. And I'm like, well, that doesn't read the same way I said it. It's weird. So that was my first product. And I, I printed up my first product at the local print shop. 
It was like $8 a copy and I was selling it for 10. Not good margins there. <laughs> you know, and the cover was ugly. I used clip art, right? But as I, and people laughed at my book. And as I say all the time, my ugly book is better than one you ain't got. Right, right. <laughs> right? Yes. And so yes. that's how I started. And then, you know, lo and behold, you know, it was crazy as ugly as that was as long as it took me and, and dysfunctional it was to create it, people came up after and said, boy, I really, because I said, hey, if you like my talk, uh, I have a book here, which is the same, basically the same stuff. So you can have the information continue on with you after this hour session. And lo and behold, people would come up and hand me $10. And I was like, whoa. So then that's when I got, wait, I should have more books. And then I should take that book and record it into back in the day, a CD and sell the book in the CD now for $20, right? So I started that way. So I, uh, now I have, just to kind of bring a full circle, I have 21 online courses, I, uh, digital online courses. I've written 25 books. I actually have two more coming out. Um, and I've done 2,300-ish one-on-one consultings now for people over the years. So my business evolved a lot out of the speaking. I still do some, but not like I used to. But it's more of a product business and a service business now. Like I have 100 private consulting clients and our fees are pretty steep. They're 25 grand, 50 and $100,000. So far cry from seven bucks an hour in a video store eating top ramen noodles. But we're really a a coaching business, uh, a product business. But I also still speak, but do about only about 10 in-person ones a year because I've raised my fees a lot now or could be a speak and offer. Yeah. 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 So that's really our our business. And I will tell you, the last thing I will say is we run everything on a system. We run a multi-million dollar business with one person, one staff person who's my assistant. You're like, how can you do that? How can you have a hundred coaching clients? You're doing 10 talks. You're doing great podcast interviews. Like how, how, because everything's a system. Mm -hmm. So uh, for example, today's Tuesday, right? Tuesday is podcast interview day. Wednesday is private consulting day with my coaching members. Thursday is teaching day. I teach two classes uh, on uh, for right now for the next six weeks. I have a, a one to three o'clock class I teach for about 300 folks that bought one of our courses for 2000 bucks. And I'm delivering that now. And then in the evening, I have a, a course, ironically called mass conversion, where I teach in writing and verbally how to uh, convert. And so Thursday is teaching day. Friday is off day. Saturday is off day. Sunday is off day. Monday is free day for me to do whatever I want. I could go through things. I can call people back. And then Tuesday, podcast day, Wednesday, yeah. right? Coaching day, Thursday, teaching day. And that's our system. We systematize everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's, here's what most folks do in their business, especially folks like myself who came into this expert space, not knowing what I was doing is Everybody runs around being a Spokey the Bear. I'm sorry, everybody runs around being a firefighter. And what you want to do is you want to be Spokey the Bear. Okay, Smokey the Bear prevented forest fires. If anybody grew up and remember the old Smokey the Bear commercials, only you can prevent forest fires. So, for example, we, uh, Cindy, my sister, who's my assistant, we actually uh, probably once every two weeks have about an hour conversation on the phone. By the way, she and I don't talk all the time. There's no reason to talk all the time right? She should be doing her job and I should be doing mine, right? So we talk every Friday, every other Friday for about two hours, an hour and a half, two hours, and we'll go through stuff and we'll plan things out. And we will, we will do everything we can to be a Smokey the Bear so we never in our business are a firefighter running around putting out fires all day long. Now your whole business is jacked up, right? Your time yeah. is messed up. So I'll give you a quick example. So we did one of our big money speaker boot camps. And I was having um, actor Anthony Hopkins uh, from Silence of the Lambs and legendary actor. He was one of my uh, people coming to speak at my event. So we're on our call and uh, we're doing Smokey the Bear. And it comes up with her and some of our volunteer folks that we outsource things to that. Oh, yeah, we probably should alert hotel security because we're Mm -hmm. having an A-list actor and we need to have security there. And I thought about it for a second and I went, no, you know what? We need to get off-duty Los Angeles police officers there. And they're like, why? That's going to be more expensive. There's a lot of them moonlight for security, right? And, and they were like, well, that's going to be more expensive. I said, well, let's just play this out. 
A-list actors are different than us, speakers and authors and course creators. They have stalkers, right? They have like literally people that follow them around and, and try to harm them. So play this out. Mr. Hopkins is on our stage and someone, we, unbeknownst to us, who registered, paid a fee and has a badge, charges the stage with a knife and unfortunately tries to do something. And we have to take that person down. And on the way down, that person falls and breaks his shoulder. Now, guess what? I get sued. Mm-hmm. The hotel gets sued because hotel security, security took him down. So my whole thing was this. If that happens, God forbid, but if that happens, who do I want testifying on my behalf in the court case? Paul Bart Ball Cop <laughs> or off-duty decorated Los Angeles police officers who deemed it an imminent threat to someone's life, took them down, handcuffed them, and took them out. I prefer to have LAPD there. Yeah. So because we did that, everything went smoothly. They came in, they told us how they're going to do stuff. They're going to have a guy up here. They got a guy backstage. They're going to have a guy undercover two days before he comes. He's walking around acting like a, a, an attendee. He's at the bar hanging out at night. He can sniff out people who are stalker. Like they're tra- they taught us how to do all this. And guess what? I got to go up there and teach, serve my students and not worry about any of that stuff. So there's a, there's a way we systematize everything. And that's a little example of being Smokey the Bear rather than a firefighter. Mm-hmm. I love that. Everything that you just said is, is great. So I, so I have a couple of different things I want to unpack out of that. The first sure. one is when you're talking about just getting started and, you know, you know, the typing and all the things, one of the things I think people struggle with so much when they're trying to package their expertise is that curse of perfection. Oh. It has to be perfect before they get it out there. It has to be, you know, exactly how, you know, it, it's their, their, you know, their body of work that's going to last forever. So I love that example of you just typing up what you were teaching or what you were speaking on and offering that. And I'm sure it's gone through, you know, a number of iterations since that day, but still providing so much value for the people who you're speaking to. Um, Do you find that that gets in your way or gets into some of your students way is that curse of perfection that that so often we all end up dealing with yeah it's a great great question um it doesn't get in my way now because i quickly realized well no one probably reading my stuff anyway or going through my course (laughs) you know like people buy my course i'm not kidding I, i i spoke in dallas texas over the summer and literally had 105 people buy a $3,000 package that included a lot of, well, I won't say a lot, but three, three online courses. Now we can track who goes in and how much they watch by a percentage. Yeah. So about three months later, I go in and look, one person finished one of the whole courses. Okay. Uh, About 30 started a little bit of one course and then stopped. And that was it. And I'm like, they paid $3,000 for this. This is crazy. Goes back to my, my thing. People will buy your course, James. Doesn't mean they're going to listen to it. People will read your book. There was a time I did a book where I literally left out a paragraph by accident where the page didn't make sense when you read it. Literally didn't make sense. And I didn't know when I printed it up that the par- paragraph was out. I sold about 10,000 books over the course of a couple of years. And not one person ever wrote to me or called to say, hey, Page 37, doesn't make sense. I think you're missing a paragraph, right? So that's the first thing I always try to understand is, okay, I I used to think like everybody read and went through all my courses, like start to finish. As soon as they got home, they sat down and they're doing it. Like put everything, kids, get out of here. I got to go through James's stuff. (laughs) And and I quickly realized that doesn't happen. And I realized that with myself because when I get courses and I get books and all that, I'm the same way. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that never happens now. What's more important for me now is to get the stuff out because done is better than perfect. Yes. And I always try to tell my coaching clients, I said, look, I mean, it's great. You always want to try and put out the best stuff, but there is no such thing as perfection. Mm -hmm. So if you're waiting for that day to happen where you go, oh, hallelujah, everything's perfect. Let's go. 
Right. Hey, you're you're going to write this book for 25 years. Right. It's never going to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and and so what I tell them is, why are you being so selfish? And they're mm-hmm. like, what? I'm like, why are you being so selfish? There are people out there right now who need what you have and you're being selfish because you're thinking about yourself right trying to be this miss perfect mr perfect and we should be thinking about helping them so get your stuff out so they can start to be helped you can mm-hmm. always go back like you had said taryn refine it update it change it as you go especially with digital courses nowadays you can change it every day if you wanted to right mm-hmm. and even doing books if you do it up through amazon through their KDP publisher printer, you, you can change it every day because it's print on demand. You don't have to print. Like back in the day, I had to get a thousand, five thousand books and put them in my garage. You don't have to do that today. So you can literally keep correcting and changing as you go. And so I just, I don't think perfection exists. You know, uh, and when I started out, I, I, tr- I did my best, but there were still tons of mistakes, tons of mistakes in, in all my stuff. Not that I tried to make mistakes but because I didn't see the mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But then I went back and corrected them as I, as I noticed them and grew in my career. Well, and I love that just even just looking behind you, you've been able to gain momentum through just taking action. And, and you know, maybe the first one wasn't exactly your, your dream book, but as you've been going, you've been able to gain that momentum and, and really create that, that system, as you said, and create the products and, and everything that helps you show up as the best version of yourself so you can continue to, to help people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll show two things here for those that, that are watching this. This is my first book, Success Starts With Attitude. Now, this came out in 1998. Now, it's in different versions. Now, it's hardcover. But remember uh, when I said I sat there and type my speech. This is literally the same information from 1998. Hmm. This is the same speech. By the way, it's the same speech I do today, all these years later. So what I tell folks is, look, if you have information where you sat down on a couch and you shared it with your niece, nephew, daughter, son, granddaughter, you know, grandson, and told them about life, that's what you put in your products. If you have coffee or tea or a juice with a friend who's going through a tough time and you counsel them on maybe some ideas to get through that, that's what goes in your product, right? People get all freaked out. Like I got to sit down and write all this stuff and do this outline and record with this fancy studio right here. Zoom little, little $20 headset at Best Buy connects into the computer, free Zoom account. You know, and you just, you speak and, and you act as if 5,000 people are on there and you're training them and you record each session, bam, your course is done, right? This one right here, anybody can do this. And I know for those listening, can't see this, but James Malinchek's motivational quotes. Nice. I, w- I went on social media and pulled out all of my positive stuff that I would put out, like a quote here or words of wisdom, or, you know, I was walking today and I thought about this and I'll put something out, right? And I was like, well, that's all great stuff. So guess what I did, Tara? I just went and gathered up about 100 of them from over the years and put one on a page and blew it all up. And there, boom, book was done in like a day. So that's awesome. I love that. Oh, you guys are getting such great nuggets from James. I'm so happy that you are here. This is amazing. So I I know that we could talk all day um, and and get into all sorts of different things. (laughs) so I want to be respectful of your time but I cannot let you go without talking about your time when you were on the uh, hit show the ABC hit show secret millionaire yeah um, which I happened to watch I told you earlier I, I I watched your episode I would love to hear about your experience on that show and, um, and tell my listeners sort of like your journey around that. So you decided to go and, and do that. You went to, um, was it Detroit? Gary, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Sorry. You went to Indiana and, um, and had an experience that was unlike anything that you had done before. I would love to have our listeners hear about that journey that you went on for that show. Yeah. So uh, as I said earlier, my assistant, Cindy and I, we get on the phone every, I don't know, every two weeks for 90 minutes, hour, 90 minutes, two hours, whatever that is. And we go through stuff. 
right? <clears throat> and so when things come in, we'll go through them like this. She'll tell me about it and I'll say no. Okay. Yes. 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 No. No. Look how fast we go through stuff, right? So again, that's because we systematize how we go through stuff. So something came in, came in an email and said, uh, uh, somebody referred us to James. We want to talk to him about being on this documentary uh, TV show we're, we're shooting. And I said, no. Because everybody is a producer nowadays, right? Print up a business card at Vistaprint, has the word producer on it, and you're a producer, right? And I was like, no, I, I, I don't mess with that stuff. And so uh, she said, no. They came back, like literally, I don't know, 10 minutes later and said, no, no, we really got to talk to Jay, blah, 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 blah. And I said, look, okay, send, Cindy, uh, uh, give me their number. I'll call them because they said a mutual friend. And I don't want that friend to think like, well, James was disrespectful and didn't even talk to them. I'll, I'll call, and I didn't know who the friend was. They didn't mention. So I called him up. I was in Dallas, Texas speaking, about to speak the next day. It was a Friday. And um, I said, thanks so much. I'm just not interested. And they did something that we all should learn if you ever want to sell things. They ignored my objection and kept talking. <laughs> it blew right by it. I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> interesting. And, yeah. So we're about. 15 minutes in and I'm talking to her and she's, and, and she said, you sound great. I said, what I already told you, I'm not doing your documentary thing. I don't even know what it is. And I, I just don't do that stuff. And she said, well, could you talk to my executive producer? I said, look, if it'll help you, I'll talk to your boss and politely tell your boss, I'm not interested. So the boss gets on the phone and uh, I noticed about 20 minutes later, I'm still on the phone with her because she was very pleasant to talk to. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Cause I don't stay on the phone with anybody like, especially in the, movie thing or whatever they're doing who knows what they're doing right so we're 20 minutes into it she says well you sound great I'm like, okay but i'm not gonna be in your documentary thingy right and, and by the way why was it a documentary and why was it a, a hit name because abc nbc cbs fox i found this out later always hides it because they don't want people saying yes just to get on tv Oh, interesting to, to promote their businesses and things right so she said i need to tell you something we're not xyz production company i'm actually with abc television and the show is not called you know xyz whatever they called it it's called secret millionaire we bought the rights to the show from a company in the uk and we're going to be bringing it out here are you at a computer i said yeah i have a computer and she said pull this up and she gave me this weird url that like you can never figure out and when when the website came up all there was was a, a space to type in like a code and she gave me this like 35 digit code that no one could figure out, you know, question mark, underscore, back arrow, the, uh, capital T, small p, dot, dot. I mean, it was crazy, right? And so when I hit enter, boom, I'm inside ABC television's website. And I'm like, what? I'm like, either this person's for real or this is the greatest hacker ever. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like inside again, I'm about to get... You're arrested for hacking their website. <laughs> and this I'm looking can be interesting. At, yeah. But I'm looking and there's Monday Night Football. There's Grey's Anatomy. There's Desperate Housewives. You know, back then the shows were on. And she said, here, here's the trailer we created. And I watched like the minute trailer and I'm like, what? Like you guys are for, I'm like, why would you be calling me? I'm not a TV guy. Well, we want somebody like, we have people like you. We want like, everyday entrepreneurs and i'm like this is real and she said yeah could we and then she said something blew my mind she said can we come to your house and meet with you in las vegas on monday and i'm thinking okay if this is real because abc doesn't fly for anybody i mean you audition like american idol three hundred thousand people in football stadiums and you know mm -hmm. i mean it, and so they came to my house but tara i didn't believe them like, I'm thinking, okay, this is not real. This is my cousin playing a joke on me. You know, I'm on the show Punk or Candid Camera or something like that, right? And I'm waiting for, like, the, the cameras to come out and say, ah, I got you, right? So they, they come to my house, and I was so rude because I think they're trying to scam me, right? Yeah, I never yeah. thought they were really ABC. They walk in my house. They sit down in my office, and I say, okay, look at, listen to how much of a jerk it was. I said, okay. Like this, and I got my feet up on my desk. <laughs> I said, you're in my house. Tell me why I shouldn't kick you out. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Because I think 
they are scamming me, right? Right, right. And they start talking about it, and like, and I'm like, they're, they actually are like really talking sense. Like they they know TV production and all that. So I'm just not buying it. So we're an hour into it, and the producer Leslie gets up from around the the chair, walks around my desk, grabs my arm, and says, "Look at me, look at me in my eyes." I'm like, okay. She said, I give you my word that we're for real and we're not going to hurt people. We're going to help people. And we really love you. You should do this show. And so I did. I did. I believed her. I looked into her eyes and believed that she wasn't going to mess around with people and hurt people. Yeah. Signed the contract on the, on the plane about three weeks later. And they take me to uh, Gary, Indiana. And they say, hey, how's it feel to be going to Gary, Indiana? Now, I've never been there before. I'm, and I'm all excited. I'm like, great, because I think I'm going like to a farm to milk cows and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Number two murder capital in the U.S. at the time. Yeah. The only thing I knew about Gary, Indiana was 223 uh, Jackson Street. But Michael Jackson and the Jacksons grew up there. Okay? And so uh, that's all I knew. And so, uh, yeah, basically, for those who don't know the show, I was picked up out of my current life. Imagine if a big crane picks you up and goes and just drops you somewhere and says, go ahead, live, survive. Right? And so well, they uh, only gave you what, like 40 bucks or something? What was 40? Oh, I remember the number. When you have very little money, you remember the exact. It was forty four dollars and sixty six cents for eight days. And so and, and I was like, what? Um, well, that's what a male with no dependents gets from the state for money. And they wanted me to live like that, that type of person. And by the way, before I left my house, before they picked me up, if you will, by this crane, and it wasn't really a crane. I use it as an analogy, but they, they took me and put me on an airplane and I didn't know where I was going. They said, uh, you can't take a watch. You can't take a cell phone, no credit cards. Okay. No pager anything no connection no internet no computer no connection with the outside world whatsoever they said the only thing we want you to take and you have to hand them to us is uh your driver's we need your driver's license and your medical insurance card and i'm like why do y'all need my medical insurance card right i already signed the contract now i'm getting nervous because they're telling me to take my medical insurance card well the contract states you know something happens including death you know, I can't go back and sue them because I signed up and agreed to do this reality TV show. Let me tell you why I did it. She, she actually looked into my eyes and said, you know, I'm, trust me, we're going to do good things. And I started to think, man, if, if you guys are for real, this is bigger than a show. We can put the hope back into people's hope tanks because mm -hmm. people have their hope tanks on E. We can really help a lot of people. And so that's, those two combined were the reasons I did the show. But basically, yeah, I had to live for like eight days on $44.66 and uh, walk around town and introduce myself to folks and find amazing, beautiful people who were contributing and serving others, charity work, if you will, and volunteer, have to convince them to let me volunteer in their, their organization. And then uh, after, at the end of that, like eight day period, I have to go to those that I chose to volunteer for because I had to find and pick who I would volunteer for. And I uh, had to go to them and I would say, hey, Tara, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, this has been a great experience and I have to actually leave town right now. But before I do, there's something I haven't told you. Okay, Tara, did you see that pause? That's the only acting they said I had to do. Everything else was real. They, that was what was scripted. They said, after you say it, you got to pause. So here we go. I'm going to do it again for anybody watching. Tara, ready? Here's my big acting debut. Tara, there's something I haven't told you. There we go. It was my acting. Yeah. Good job. Good job. You did a nice job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that's all they want. They had, they instruct, everything else was real other than was like just happening other than that. They said, we need you to pause mm -hmm. after you say that because that's like the big cliffhanger dramatic, like, and you could see it. Every person's like, what? Oh no, what's going on. Right. Right. And so, um, I said, I had to say, and by the way, they wanted me to say, I haven't been honest with you. And I refuse to say that. I said, cause I'm not going to lie to these folks. I will withhold information during my time with them, but I'm not going to lie. Even my name, they wanted to give me a fake name and I refused to do it. So, so my name was James Robert. 
because that's my middle name. Mm. So, you know, and they say, hey, I'm James Robert. And, you know, hopefully they would hear like Roberts or whatever, but James Robert, because I didn't want to give a, a fake last name. I felt that was deceiving, but I understood their position too, because they didn't want somebody going to the internet, Googling my name, finding out, and now the whole show's blown. Right, right. You know, so it's, it's all these legal provisions you have to adhere to. So, uh, yeah, I say, look, uh, I, so I wouldn't say I haven't been honest with you because I told them I'm not going to say that. That's a lie. I will withhold information. And then I'll, t- I'll say, and I, I think I was the only one that said there's something I haven't told. Mm-hmm. And then I said, mm-hmm. look, I'm not actually a struggling volunteer going through a change of life. I'm a successful entrepreneur. And, and they made me say I'm a millionaire. That was the second thing, actually, I had to say. And then I open up my checkbook and start writing them checks to further their mission. And I had to uh, commit to writing over $100,000 worth of, of checks to give away to help them. Hence the term secret millionaire. So that's what the show is about. One of the greatest blessings of my life. I found, I found out what true sacrifice and giving really is because these folks, they didn't know we were going to be on worldwide TV. They thought we were just shooting a documentary on charities who were you know, giving back. They had no idea it was going to be ABC. And, and by the way, Tara, I got to tell you, this is crazy. I was talking to the producer that got up and said, look in my eyes. We're very good friends to this day. And she's one, one of the most successful producers in reality TV. She's been doing it 30 years. One of the mm-hmm. biggest big wigs out there. And we just, because she was true to her word, we became the dearest of friends, dearest of friends. She comes to Las Vegas. I go have lunch with her, dinner with her when she shoots shows and things. But um, I was talking to her and, I just blew my mind. I cannot believe this. She said, oh, yeah, you know, we're getting the stats back. And we, we think about 50 million people have watched it now. I'm like, what? 50 million people around the world. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I, I, I used to make $7 an hour in a video store and ate Top Ramen noodles. And now to think 50 million plus people have watched it. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and I love that story along with the one that you told earlier, which is like, you just said yes, right? Like, you're like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And you didn't let, you know, your fear or your skepticism or whatever else stop you. You just went for it. And because of that, there are things that, that have happened um, as, as a result of that. So how do you think your life has changed since you made that impact to those kind of three different organizations that you were working with? Yeah. And just to let you know, I got about two minutes left because I've got another podcast okay. I have to jump on. How, how, man. So I'm still in touch with the folks. I've actually gone back. I'll, I'll share this, but most people don't know. I've gone back there with no cameras around mm-hmm. just to go back to see them and check on things and see how they're doing and talk to the folks I work with. And, uh, and one of the guys, Coach Tony, who was the basketball guy with me. Uh, on the show that I met there is one of my best friends. Uh, he's come out to Vegas many times. He stayed with me. I did an event out here with actually Michael Jordan. I used to do an event four years, I think, with Michael Jordan. And uh, I surprised Coach Tony because he was a big basketball guy. And I flew he and his wife out and gave him a, like a second honeymoon. And they stayed at my house for three days. And I, then I said, you know what? I think it would be fun. You guys need to see the strip. Let's go down to the Vegas strip and we went and checked in at the Mirage, and I said, let's just go take a walk around and see what's going on here. And they don't know that I already had a room there, and my stuff was already there because I was doing this Jordan thing. And, uh, and we go walking, and Tony's looking around. He's like, there's a lot of basketball stuff hanging. And then we go toward the Mirage ballrooms, and he's like, what I got? they must have some, oh, Michael Jordan stuff going on. Look at this. Right? And they have basketball courts set up in the ballrooms. And, and I'm like, huh. I'm like, huh, would you like to meet Michael? He's like jaw drop because he's a basketball guy. Well, what? And I said, yeah, you don't know this, but like I'm doing a thing down here with him and all these NBA guys and college coaches and NBA coaches. And that's sort of my little surprise for you. And he was beside himself, oh, like okay. hanging out with Michael and like all these other players. And, co- and so how's my life changed? Oh, my gosh. Just it was one of the greatest blessings of my life. I got a great best friend out of it. You know, I learned so much from those amazing angels that changed my life and just a true blessing from God for me. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you, James, so much for being on the show. It has been a great time. And um, the last thing that I just want to ask is how can our listeners reach you? How can, oh, cool. how can they learn more about you and what you've got going on? Real simple. I have uh, all this stuff about how to get highly paid as a speaker and uh, I packaged it up. I took my boot camp and I wrote it into a book that's 250 some pages. It's all my best stuff. And I thought, how can I leave a legacy? Easiest way is just give it all away for free. So there's no credit card needed, nothing. All you have to do is go to www.freespeakerbook.com. Freespeakerbook.com. And if you're ever interested in taking your message, story, and how-to advice, and actually learning how to get paid the right way so you don't eat top ramen doodles and work in a video store for seven bucks, then get the free speaker book at freespeakerbook.com. <laughs> Awesome. Perfect. Thanks so much, James. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, You too, Tara. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The best thing you can do is to take action on an idea or tip that resonated with you. To help you take action, I have a free gift for you that you can download in the show notes. During each episode, we publish an action plan worksheet and other helpful takeaways from our speakers in the course Building Secrets Creators Lab. To register for free, click on the link in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Wanted to come on at the end of this episode and let you know about an event that's coming up in August of 2023. So we are super excited to announce the second annual Gamify My Course Camp five-day challenge that's coming up. It is totally free. And listen, what it's going to do is help you think about how do you add participation? How do you add more engagement and opportunities for your people to actually get results in your online programs? And each day, we're going to jump on live with actionable tips for you to be able to do that. So I would love to invite you to sign up for the Gamify My Course Camp, which is going to be August 7th through the 11th with a special bonus session on the 14th. So come and join us. Can't wait to see you at camp this year because listen, your kids get to go to camp, other people get to go to camp, so I think over the summer we should all go to camp as well. All right, so we're going to do fun activities like tug of war and um, archery practice and different things like that. So go check out our page at uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 20. 23 underscore gamify. That is how you can get a hold of us in the show notes. There should be a QR code and this link for you to jump on and register. It's totally free and would love to see you on August 7th. All right, there you go. Have a great day.